Thanks for tuning into Stacker Chats. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin. And I'm Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Manib Ali, Stacks founder, with your regular updates. So, Manib, excited to catch up after a couple of weeks. There's been a lot of discussion about, you know, what are Bitcoin layers? And I'd love to hear um, how you define them. Yeah, so I think I think sometimes the strict technical definition and people's perceptions uh, could also be different. Like from a strict technical definition, Lightning is a blockchain agnostic technology. But in people's perception, a lot of Bitcoiners would be that no, Lightning is Bitcoin. Like Lightning, in their mind, Lightning is like a core part of Bitcoin or something. But the, the truth is Lightning is actually blockchain agnostic. You can you can run it on, on, on pretty much any chain. And in fact, I think uh, Lightning transactions from one chain to another could actually make, make a lot of sense. And it's a very interesting new area. For people to explore. Uh, so coming back to Bitcoin layers, I think if you want to define it uh, more precisely, uh, you can get into uh, you know what type of connection exists between the the layer and the Bitcoin main chain. Like for example, uh, Lightning actually settles on Bitcoin, right? So Lightning, uh, if you're doing a bunch of Lightning transactions, all of those transactions are going to settle on the Bitcoin Bitcoin main chain, which is a very strong property because the Lightning even when um, you know your money is kind of like in lightning channels, even from a security perspective, uh, it, it is as secure as having a, a transaction, Bitcoin transaction that you have signed, but you haven't broadcasted because you could close the channel at any point that, that you want. So your funds are not at risk. So, it's, so I would say lightning is a very clear uh, example where both uh, from a settlement perspective, but also from a security perspective, it make, makes a ton of sense. And then you can look at other networks, like for example, uh, Liquid is in 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 many ways Liquid is a separate network, right? It's it, it is it doesn't settle on Bitcoin, it doesn't read anything from Bitcoin, uh, but there is a bridge between the Bitcoin main chain and and Liquid, and that bridge is. Pretty centralized, right? Like it's 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 uh, it's either just Blockstream or maybe a, a couple of other parties. Uh, it used to be, I think, that Blockstream only maintained the wallet, but it might be now that there are there are federation members involved there as well, and they are issuing a Bitcoin derivative of asset on the federation, right? But a lot of people would either call Liquid a sidechain or a layer, and that's like generally acceptable. And I agree with it I, I, because I, I think. The definition is very, very broad. If Bitcoin, if some sort of a Bitcoin-derived asset is being issued on another network, uh, like you could you could call that network a Bitcoin layer. Uh, I would call any chain that is merged money with Bitcoin a Bitcoin layer as well. Right. So back in the day, Namecoin did that. It was the first one. Uh, RSK does that. So RSK in my mind is clearly a Bitcoin layer. It's merged mine with Bitcoin. Again, there is a, a Bitcoin-derived asset that gets issued as well. And in terms of stacks. I think there are actually multiple connections uh, to Bitcoin. Uh, the Stacks transactions are settling on Bitcoin. The consensus actually runs on the Bitcoin side. So all of the consensus is running literally on Bitcoin. Uh, again, all of the smart contracts on the Stacks side, they can read Bitcoin information, which is a unique property. Bitcoin doesn't have, uh, have that property. RSK doesn't have that property. And I would say, finally, 
uh, the thing that you could issue Bitcoin-derived assets on Stacks. This is the work that is uh, going on uh, in terms of non-custodial BTC. So you would have, uh, and we want to make it as trustless as possible. So you can lock your BTC on the main chain. You could issue a Bitcoin-derived asset in a trustless manner uh, on the on the Stacks layer as well. So I think those are some of the things that would clearly make um, like Stacks a Bitcoin layer. Uh, and and my my thing is that I think it it should be a very 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 broad uh, definition. Great, right, thank you. Now, in terms of on the topic of Bitcoin layers, there's also this relationship between Stacks miners and Bitcoin miners. Can you talk a little bit more about the game theory there and any potential attack vectors between the two? Yeah, I think I think uh, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. We have thought a lot about it, but before I get into this, uh, let me point out something that's that's kind of like funny. So there are some people out there. Uh, you know, we we know that some of the more radical folks in the Bitcoin community don't like uh, uh, some of the work that is happening in this ecosystem. That's totally fine. But some of the a funny thing is that the same people who would argue that Stacks is not a Bitcoin layer would also argue that Bitcoin miners can impact Stacks consensus. Both of those things can't be true. <laughs> either, either it's not a Bitcoin layer, meaning that you know it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. That's why it's not a Bitcoin layer. Or you know the the the, the miners. Miners, uh, a connection doesn't exist, right? So you can't argue both that this thing is not a layer and also Bitcoin miners can do something bad here. But interestingly, both of these things are, are, are not true. It's clearly a Bitcoin layer and uh, the potential attacks that do exist, we have thought a lot about those attacks and, and the worst case scenarios for those attacks aren't, aren't that bad at all, actually. Uh, so one particular thing that recently came up is that what if, uh, because Stacks miners are bidding by sending Bitcoin transactions, right? but those Bitcoin transactions are included in blocks by Bitcoin miners. So what if a Bitcoin miner decide that I'm going to censor uh, the Stacks mining bids, right? So what you're effectively doing is you're pushing other bidders out and you're saying, I will be the only bidder. Uh, and the Stacks miner basically becomes the STX miner. So if you play that case up, first of all, it's totally possible. That would be a censorship attack. It's not a very nice thing a miner would do, but if you know there are economic incentives, maybe they'll do it. So if a miner does that, uh, the miner is doing that for economic incentives. Right? That would mean that other miners would also want to do it. So let's say all miners are doing it. That's the strongest form of the attack, that now all Bitcoin miners are effectively saying, you can't bid in my block. I will be the only party who's going to bid. If that happens, uh, proof of transfer basically becomes a variant of merge mining. Uh, and But it's actually, I would argue, it's better than merge mining because 100% of the so Bitcoin miners are participating in mining. So at that point, like stack security is as secure as Bitcoin because to be a stacks miner, you have to be a Bitcoin miner. Like only Bitcoin miners can mine, mine stacks which is a very, very strong security guarantee. A, a downside of, of that is that the Bitcoin yield that uh, the stackers are getting would go down because the Bitcoin miners don't have any incentive to bid high. Right? They could actually bid very, very low or minimal 
and, and, and that yield would go down. And someone described it pretty well that you can think of the yield as almost like a, uh, a Bitcoin bond where when the yield is going down, in a way, stack security is going up, right? And, and on the extreme end of the curve, basically every, every Bitcoin miner is, is mining stacks and stacks is secured by 100% of the Bitcoin hash. Great. Fascinating. Thank you. Now, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Ethereum merge and what does it mean for Bitcoin? Yeah, I think that topic has been coming up a lot in the industry recently. Uh, there was an interesting debate I did. Maybe you can uh, link that in, in, the, uh, in the video uh, where it was on backlist. And I think one of the main Ethereum devs and researchers was, was there. And we go into the detail of the differences and what's the difference between proof of stake, proof of work, what would happen with the merge, and, and so on. Uh, I would say in general, the uh, my mindset is that it's it differentiates Bitcoin and Ethereum. Right, right now Ethereum does use proof of work. Right? Like they, uh, it's secured by proof of work. The big difference is the is the EVM, right? Like you can do full smart contracts on Ethereum, you can on Bitcoin. It, in many ways, like I think it would differentiate Bitcoin and Ethereum more, which which is it is a good thing because. It's, it's a good thing for people who like the design of Bitcoin, like you're more differentiated now. Uh, it's a good thing that there is a different experiment that is being tried out in the industry and, and people would learn uh, uh, different lessons from it, right? So that's the first thing. Uh, I, I also think that there are some, some misconceptions around proof of stakes. Like some people uh, are more on the extreme side where they think that maybe proof of stake doesn't work at all. Like that's, that's not true. Maybe five years ago, uh, you could have been more concerned about will the proof of stake system ever work, but there are many blockchains now that are already live. And they're working. You you can you can absolutely uh, question like how centralized they are and how centralized they might become over time, uh, right? Uh, but you can't say that proof of stake doesn't work. Right? Like that's, that's there's market data that proof of stake works. Uh, the the question in my mind is a little bit different, right? Like the way I slice this is, I think proof of stake might be a sustainable way to build a, um, a smart contract platform, which is more like a computing platform. The analogy would be like a decentralized AWS or something, right? Whereas proof of stake might not be the right um, mechanism to use if you're trying to build a money. Because those are two very different things. Like, like a money layer is very different from a smart contract platform. If, if if proof of stake is being used in a smart contract platform, and let's say there is someone that has a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the tokens, and they're earning more tokens, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right? Like they're a large provider of the infrastructure where this decentralized AWS is running, and maybe they're more making more money over time for running that infrastructure. But if this is for designing money, and the rich keep getting richer, like that's a very different dynamic, right? And then, then the circular argument of proof of stake uh, is worse when applied to money versus a smart contract. Right? So I, the way I think think about this is these are these are kind of like two different things. And then uh, there are some uh, details that uh, I think most people didn't think about before. Uh, like for example, is most of the stake going to end up on centralized exchanges? And especially if the withdrawal feature is not implemented yet, then 
a normal user who basically doesn't um, understand the detail that well has given money to a centralized exchange. And now that exchange might be forced by regulators to censor certain transactions and these people might get slashed. I think I, I don't think that people have thought through the implications of some of those things uh, yet, but I also think that some of these problems are solvable, right? So uh, worst case scenario, maybe the merge gets delayed, but I, I actually want to see the merge happen because I think that it's going to differentiate the, the two networks more. And, and I think Bitcoin wins as money, uh, especially at the base layer. And then you can build other types of Bitcoin layers or doing smart contracts or doing all sorts of experiments on, on top of it. And I think, I think that's a healthy thing for, uh, for the industry. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for being here and thanks to everyone tuning in to Stacker Chats. Please make sure to like this video, subscribe, and let us know if you have any questions in the comments below or on Twitter. And we'll see everyone soon. Thanks again. Thank you.